0: thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church for more information on service times and location please visit CompassionDanville.com now let's enjoy this week's message get ready to do battle man Um, problem that I see today with the church is that 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 too many people who consider themselves to be quote-unquote Christians, y'all know what I'm talking about is a lot of people consider themselves to be Christian, but are not doing a lot of following Jesus. Um, Too many people that that consider themselves even to be followers of Christ, um, instead of getting better at resisting temptation, resisting sin, are actually embracing it actually embracing the sin in our lives. And so so this morning when we talk about getting ready to do battle, I want to give you three very practical steps. I'm not just gonna take you to the Bible and read you some story and we say, Yeah, that's interesting and go our own way. I want to take you to the scriptures, and I want to show you some things, and hopefully, from a, I want you to learn some theological truths this morning. So, some things that that go a little bit deeper. But as we go a little bit deeper, I want to give you some practical application. Three simple things that will help you if you will apply these things in your life this week. So, here's the first thing. Number one is stop embracing the enemy. Stop embracing the enemy. Anybody ever here ever hugged a porcupine? Right. I hope not. I hope not. What, what would you expect would happen if you hugged a porcupine? Well, right. You get the quills all in you. This, this series that we're doing, some of y'all are first-time guests. You're like, why Why they got snakes on the stage? What kind of church is this? Uh, why they got snakes on the stage? Well, snake handlers, this whole series is, is about the pet baby rattlesnakes that we have in our lives. And, and I say pet baby rattlesnakes because so many of us, man, instead of Goping on sin, cutting the head off of sin, running from sin. Man, we try to pick up the little pet baby rattlesnakes because we think it's cute and it's not going to hurt us. But how many of us are living lives that are, are flowing out of the poison that is coming out of the relationship that we have with sin? You're like, Jeff, you've been talking about this for four weeks. Yes, I have, and I ain't done yet. I am not done yet because God has called His church to holiness. God has called his church to do better. God is not okay with us coming to church on Sunday morning, lifting up 10,000 hallelujahs and pouring our hearts out at the altar and then going right back to the pig pen that we climbed out of last week. God wants to see some people get better. God wants to see me get better. God wants to see you get better. Let's quit embracing the enemy. Look at 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Very familiar passage of scripture. Now pay attention to what Peter, y'all, y'all know Peter, right? Cut the ear off of a man, right? Denied Jesus three times. Jesus turned right around just like Jesus does. You would think that Jesus would kick Peter out of the whole fold. He said, no, now you've experienced some failure and failure is the tuition for success. Well, let me say that again. Failure is the tuition for success. I didn't come up with that. I heard Craig Rochelle say that recently. That stuck with me. If you hadn't failed at anything, you're not ready to succeed at anything. Peter failed and he gave up on Jesus and Jesus knew it and Jesus embraced him rather than running him off. Okay, that's another sermon for another day. First Peter 5, 8. Be self-controlled. Everybody say self-control. And alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Verse nine, doesn't this sound so easy? Resist him. Oh, okay, Peter, okay. That's what I'll do, I'll resist him. Resist him, well, it really is that easy. Standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. Have you developed a level of self-control in your life? Or if you just look inward right now, would you say in your own life, if I'm being honest, I really have no control. Do you have self-control? Or do you feel more like I have no control? Well, Peter says in these verses to the church that he loves and he would later give his life for the church like Jesus did. um, Extra biblical sources tell us that, that Peter actually was crucified upside down because he did not consider himself worthy to die in the same manner as Jesus did. He's talking to this newly formed church that he loves and he wants to see them grow up in the faith. He wants to see them experience victory over sin. And he says, be alert. he says, "Um, you have an enemy. Why is he saying be alert? Well, because you have an enemy and you need to expect Don't be surprised when temptation shows up. Don't be surprised when when you feel like you've made some progress and gotten through something and it's been a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then in the fourth week it shows back up again uh, heavier than it was before. Don't be surprised. Be self-controlled and be alert because your great enemy, the devil, is prowling around. Peter also says resist the enemy. Can I ask you a question? How are you doing at that? Are you... Resisting the temptations. Every one of you, I can look into your eyes right now. Every one of you can nail down some temptation that's showing up in your life. Mine might be different than yours. Yours might be different from mine, but the devil has not given up on tempting us. How are you doing at resisting temptation? Are you resisting it or are you snuggling up with it? Say, what do you mean, Jeff? You know what I mean. Have have you just gotten to the point where, where you say, okay, this is just who I am. This is just something I do. Oh, okay. If I can step out of your conversation with yourself for a moment and just talk to to your uh little thing that's going on in your mind, could I just say to you right now, you're just rounding off the edges. Yeah, you're, you're 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 not you're not taking God at His word. Have you developed this 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 little monologue in your mind that says, "Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. Probably shouldn't be doing it, but it's not hurting anyone." Well, I I I know I shouldn't do this, but Man, it's just, it's just what we do. My dad did it. My granddad did that. It's just who we are. God knows how I am. If he, if he wanted me to be different, he would have made me different. Come on, man. Can we, can we tighten up a little bit? Can we find some discipline in our lives? Can we look to the cross and say, Jesus gave everything to give us freedom? And can we say that I want to be better tomorrow than I am today? And the way that I do that is instead of embracing the sin that I keep going back to, ask yourself this question. How many tell him, what is that thing that time after time in my mind, I've gone to the Lord in prayer. Then I say, God. Can't believe I've done it again. But here I am, Lord, will you forgive me? He says, get back in the car. We good. Get back in the car. We're going to drive on down the road a little bit more. Get back in the car. What did you learn this time? What's it going to take to keep us from going there? Do you realize that there is an enemy, the devil, who wants to destroy you? If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Lord of your life, the enemy, the devil, Satan, his whole plan for your life is to not know Jesus. He wants to destroy you so that when this life is over, he can drag your soul into the pits of hell. He wants to convince you to not only to reject Jesus, he wants to convince you to never know Jesus. He has nothing, nothing but hatred in his heart for you and a great plan to destroy you. Not just the devil. Come on now, as we read this morning, you're going to see that that the devil operates like a military presence. He He has a whole army of demonic forces and they have an individualized plan for your destruction. If you're a follower of Jesus, he hasn't given up on you. He knows he can't get you. If you've accepted Jesus by faith, by the grace of God, and you're following Jesus, the enemy knows that he cannot get you and snatch you out of his hands. That's what Jesus said. No one can snatch them out of my hands once they belong to me, but he can sure keep you tempted and he can sure keep you tied up and he can sure keep you doing things that your neighbors know about that you think nobody knows and they will be talking about, golly, he's still doing that. I can't believe, I know he goes to church every week. He's a good man, right? He's a good man, but why does he still do that? I can't believe that he does that. They know the things that you think nobody knows. And the devil's plan is to ruin your testimony so that you have no power of talking to anybody else about why they need to give their life to Jesus. He has a plan for your life, and it's a plan for destruction. Are you resisting temptation, or are you snuggling up to it? Man, he wants to destroy you. Um, It's time that we who consider ourselves to be mature believers begin believing and following and being mature believers it's time that 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 we get past those things that he's drawn up for us time for us to get ready and do battle and i would say to you this morning that when i look around this church and i see what god has been doing in the people of this church week after week and the fire that comes into this room and the excitement you guys love jesus I know you do. I feel it in you. You love Jesus. And, and you 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 want to worship him and you want to feel the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And you do. And God is so pleased with you in the way that you worship him. And God is, 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 is in love with the way that you flood this altar week after week, and people are being saved. And God says, now, 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 you just you just kind of tasted a little bit to see my goodness. Now let's go a little bit deeper, right? Now let's go out into a little bit deeper waters. Anybody this morning would raise your hand and say, I'm ready to go a little bit deeper, Jeff. I'm ready to go a little bit deeper. I want more of Jesus. I'm ready to to learn how to die to myself. All right, that's good. So here's the second thing. Know who you're really fighting. Know who you're really fighting. So, Ephesians 6. This is really kind of where I want to lock in this morning is Ephesians 6. Verses 10 through 12. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus. Apostle Paul started this church. He's written this letter to them and in this last chapter. He's closing things down. And so he starts by saying, finally, after everything else I've told you, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Stop right there just a minute. You think you're strong. You think you're uh, spiritually mature. You think you can just stand in the face of the devil and, and, and say all these things about him. He doesn't say it for you to take on the devil yourself. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I'll get back to that in a moment. Verse 11, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Man, you got to look at verse 12. This is going to set somebody free. Your eyes are going to be opened by the word of God in verse 12. It says, for our struggle is not against your mother-in-law. He didn't say that. No. Our struggle is not against Hilda who sits three cubes down from you and cooks tuna fish in the microwave at work every week. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against who? Against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Paul told the Ephesians to be strong in the Lord. He told them to put on their, 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 their full armor of God. You've been driving to work early in the morning and uh, you're making your way through the countryside and here comes some lady out of her house to get the paper. What she got on? She got on her nightgown, right? Mama got on her house coat, got her house shoes on. She coming out there to get, the, get that paper. She, she still got curlers in her hair coming to get the paper. She's coming out there. Let me ask you a question. When the United States Armed Forces go into war, when they go into battle, you ever seen a man jump out of an airplane with his house coat and fuzzy slippers on? Then why in the world are you stepping into your day every day as a soldier of the cross? Come on now. Somebody somebody got to talk back to me. Why are you stepping into your, into your day as a soldier of the cross with your SpongeBob pajamas and your Dale Earnhardt t-shirt that you sleep in every night on? You're going into the middle of the day into a war where the devil, Satan himself, the archangel before everything got right, then all of his demonic forces—they've been sitting at the playboard. They were at the chalkboard while you were asleep, saying, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep." Well, I—I I could put a brick of cocaine in front of Jeff, and that wouldn't tempt him. Brother wouldn't even know what to do with that, right? But, 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 but how about if we draw up a plan to get Jeff? I know what we can do. Let Jeff be coming off of an exit ramp somewhere and somebody piles up at the bottom of the exit ramp when there's clearly a running lane. What's Jeff gonna do? Hey! Move it! You're gonna get us all killed out here. Anybody else get angry on the road? He got a plan for me. I am not going into my day with my SpongeBob pajamas on. Come on, somebody. He says, put on the full armor of God. You say, I didn't know I had a full armor of God. That's why you come to church, to learn these things, man. That's why we come to learn these things. You know what the soldier knows? The soldier knows his enemy. There's scouting and recon. There's all these things. And Paul says, we don't wage war against people. We don't wage war against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and the spiritual forces in the dark heavenly places. What is that? That is the demonic army. And so that person that's in your life, you got a picture? Everybody know who that person is that kind of lights you up like a Christmas tree? Raise your hand if you got a picture of that. Yeah, 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 you see that person. Uh Your issue is not with that person. Demonic forces are pushing buttons on that person to get you in place to wreck your day. And you just like a big old eight-pound bass floating around looking for a worm to bite on. That junker is throwing that lure out in front of you and you are biting it every day. What happens when the bass grabs hold of the lure? Gets his big butt drug up in the boat, doesn't he? That's what Satan wants to do with you. He wants to drag you out of the environment that God wants to put you in. You put that bass in the boat, the dude can't breathe, man. He, he, he wants to be in the water. What well, God wants you to be in his presence. He wants you to be surrounded by him. But when you keep biting on the temptations, and keep giving in to the plan that the enemy has cooked up for you, you know what you're susceptible to. Why do we keep going back to the pig pen? Soldier knows his enemy, man. Um. Maybe it sounds intimidating to you to do battle against demonic forces. Maybe you sit here and think, man, I'm just barely getting myself up, getting my teeth brushed and reading the Bible in the morning. How am I going to go to war against demons that know things that I know and they can do things that I can't do? That's a great question. That's a great question. And my fear is that too many believers give up in this thing. They say, well, I can't. And they not only do we give up, but we give in. And we keep being plagued by the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. And there's some of us who are sitting here today who are plagued by generational curses that have been passed down from our forefathers because the believers in the family have never learned to take hold of the power of God that is available to the believer. I want you to look at Colossians 2, verses 13 through 15. Before I leave this, I want you to see that you do have power. In Colossians, Paul writes, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, that just means before you became to follow Jesus. Before you accepted Jesus, you were out there alone. There was this gulf, this great chasm between you and God that your sins had separated you. You were dead in your trespasses. If you had died before knowing Jesus, you would have spent all of eternity in hell. And that's what he's saying. When you were in that place, he's talking to the church here, he said, God then made you alive with Christ. That's where I just say, hallelujah for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us from that place. He says, he forgave us all of our sins. Let me ask somebody a question. What does all mean? Does that mean sins in the past? Does that mean sins that I'm going to commit today? Does that mean sins I don't even know I'm going to commit in the future? He forgave us all of our sins. Then it says, having canceled the written code, he's talking about the law, with his regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Now check this out. Verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Get this. Before the cross, before Jesus came into our world, Satan was having a field day because what we had to work with then was the law. And nobody could keep up with the 613 or whatever it was commands of the, of the Mosaic law. There were too many of them. We're, we're bound to fail. We're bound to, to sin. And so when people would sin, the only, the only substitution that they had was to bring the bulls and goats and sheep and birds and bring them to the temple and sacrifice and the blood of those animals would, would substitute and be the sin replacement for the people. And so the enemy was just just destroying us day after day. And year after year, people had to go back to the temple and offer the same sacrifices over and over. But God, everybody say, but God. But God in mercy cooked up this amazing plan for his son named Jesus, and he sent him into our world. And Jesus came into our world to go to the cross. That was the purpose of him coming. And in going to the cross, giving his life, letting his blood be poured out and dying When Jesus was lifted back up out of the tomb, he canceled the previous code. Now, he says, look at this, look at this, look at this. He says, having disarmed the powers and authorities. Well, as long as those demonic forces could keep tempting people, and we would keep biting on the same big, fat, juicy worm, right? Man, we are so much like a big old bass, right? As long as that happened, we were a mess. But Jesus came in, and in all of the powers of hell were quaking in their boots. Why do you think? Why do you think the demonic army tried to kill Jesus when he was born? Why do you think King Herod, you know, tried to have all of the baby boys killed? If we can get him while he's a baby, maybe we got a chance. Nope, you didn't get him. He grew up. The boy is now a man, and the man is going to a cross. And all of the the, the devils of hell were shaking in their boots when he, he was at the cross. And it says he made a spectacle of all of them, and he destroyed all of their power. Because at the cross, the blood of Jesus, river of blood, never-ending river of blood flowing from the cross of Calvary, providing freedom for the people of God. And anyone who chooses to accept it can be free. And everything that the enemy was trying to do was defeated at that point. The enemy was defeated. Jesus gnawed the teeth out of the devil and all of his demonic army. And so when it says... He made a public spectacle of them. These people would have known what he was talking about. It would be like a, uh, a our army going into war in a foreign land, and then we win the war, and then we bring back those prisoners of war, those that we have conquered, and we we line them up, and they're they're handcuffed, and they're marching in, and all of the crowds are on either side, looking at the one that we've defeated, and our team is cheering and cheering and cheering, and we're mocking them because they now have no power. They used to oppress us. They used to hold us down. We used to think there was no way we would overcome them, and now Jesus has destroyed them, and Jesus made a spectacle of them. Ah, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Get that image in your mind. And so when you wake up and you've got your SpongeBob pajamas on, yes, right, I'm not done with that yet, and you walk out into your day, in the same temptation, open up your phone, and, and you're thinking, "I'm my phone. I'm going to go to my Bible app." And you open up your phone, and some woman ain't got about two pieces of clothes on, looks on, and you ain't even waking. You're like, "Oh, let me chase that just a little." Bit. Stop! 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 You don't have to look at that. You don't have to go down that path. And I can give you a million other scenarios of temptations that show up. But you don't have to go down that path. Stop! 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 Embracing the enemy resist sin. You say, I can't. I want want it so bad. No, you don't. What you want is the joy that comes from walking with the Lord. What you want is freedom. What you want is to be able to hold your head up high and know that that, that you are a child of God and he's fighting for you as you have victory. You don't want to keep walking in shame. You know where this leads, man. You know where it leads. One more thing. We need to know how to fight effectively. So, Paul tells us, he tells the Ephesians how to get ready and do battle. Five verses of scripture, he continues in Ephesians 6 and verse 13. So he's just told us what to do. Now he says, therefore, because of what I just told you, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and that's tomorrow, that's today, right? Temptation is going to come every day. When the temptation comes, you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand. But you pay attention to this word and how many times we see it right here. You may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil ones. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints he said three times in that opening little volley there to stand I think as as Christians we think that that we've got to get up and run into the war we got to go fight the devil Jesus doesn't tell you to go fight the devil Jesus tells you to put on your full armor of God and stand when you stand, you're not going back to the things that you used to do. When you stand here, you're not going back to who you used to be. When you stand, you're not taking on the devil on your own by yourself. And I say this to you because I see so many people and I talk to so many people who are just overwhelmed. Steve Mayhew said it a minute ago about having all the, all the plates spinning. And you're so overwhelmed and you're so burned out and you're so all of these things. Why? Because well, that's not from God. I can promise you you're burned out. is not from God. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and heavy laden. I'll give you rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So if we're doing that, if we're standing behind Jesus and we're letting him fight those battles for us, we're putting on our armor, then we're ready. We don't have to go in front. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. I'm not, I'm not conquering the valley of the shadow of death by myself. I'm conquering that valley because I'm staying right up close to Jesus. Are you staying close to Jesus? Or are you fighting these battles on your own? Never cracking open a Bible? Never listening to worship music? Right? Um, all that country music? You know, listen to it all day. Tell me, is it helping you? Is it helping you? Last night we let the liquor talk. Has that helped you all week this week? Y'all didn't think I knew that, did you? Right? Uh, didn't think I knew that. I'm checking on y'all, doing my homework. That ain't helped you at all, man. I ain't saying it's all bad, but it ain't all good either. It's not all good either. So what does he say to do? Paul is going to tell us how to know how to fight effectively. What I'm about to tell you is something that if you will go on a deep dive on this. This will help you every day of your life to prepare to fight what's in front of you. He gives you some tools here. He says, put on the belt of truth. What does a belt do? What does a belt do? A belt does a lot of things. For a soldier, number one, it holds your pants up, right? Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Y'all remember that? (laughs) Look, y'all didn't know. See, y'all thought I stayed in the church all the time. Shoot, I don't even know what I know. It holds your pants up is the first thing it does. Look at a soldier, what all is on his belt, right? He might have a rifle strapped on his belt, might have a, might have a knife, might, might have night vision goggles. He might, he might have a pistol. He's got, he's got, he's got all these tools, the belt, of, the belt of truth, the belt of truth. The belt of truth, what is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth in the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The thing that we hang everything on is the truth of Jesus. The truth that Jesus looked into my world and I was separated because I was snuggling up with sin and I had a relationship with the sin in my life. I had a relationship and I was snuggling up with that sin. Jesus came into my world and the truth is he gave everything so that by faith When I accepted the grace that he showed me, I could be set free from that. Everything starts with that belt of truth. Embrace the truth in the morning. Remind yourself, I am a child of God. I have been saved. I've been set free from my past. That's the belt of truth. What am I going to hang on that? Right, lots of things. Then he says, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. What does a breastplate do for a soldier in Paul's day? Same thing a bulletproof vest does for a soldier in our day protects the vital organs, protects the heart. Well, my heart is susceptible to falling into the things of the enemy. And if I look at my righteousness, Scripture says my righteousness is like filthy rags before before God. But when I realize that my righteousness has been imputed to me by what Jesus did at the cross, and now not only do I have the righteousness of Christ, Scripture says I am the righteousness of Christ. You have an enemy who stands before God every day accusing you. Scripture says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's accusing you. God, don't you see how he's still doing this and this and this? Don't you see how she's still giving to that and that and that? God says, I'm looking at Jeff and I don't see that but the blood of Jesus. You can go on and find somebody else. The breastplate of righteousness. Why do I have to go around with these bags, man? Why do I have to carry around all this baggage of guilt from what I've done? I am not who I was. I am the righteousness of Christ. Declare that in the morning. Declare that in the morning. And then it says, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel is the good news. It's the message that we win. The gospel of peace means that I am at peace with God. My heart is not at war with him anymore. God's not mad at me. Can I say this to you? God's not mad at you. He loves you. And accepting and, and taking hold of the gospel brings you to this place of peace. Letting the liquor talk, does that bring you to a place of peace? Sleeping with someone you're not married to, does that bring you to a place of peace? Or does it bring guilt? Does it bring shame? Does it bring all of these things? Yelling at the person at the car on the exit ramp does not bring me peace. It makes my blood pressure come out of my holes. Come on, somebody. But I don't have to give in to all of that. God wants us to live with peace. And it comes when we stand in Jesus and let him fight our battles for us. He says the shield of faith, the shield of faith, when you believe in Jesus and follow him and trust him, he will extinguish those fiery arrows of the enemy. Talks about the helmet of salvation. What does a helmet do for a soldier? Helmet is your brain bucket, man. That's the thing that, that protects, protects the CPU. And if your CPU, you're, your computer, your mind is poisoned and toxic because the enemy is lobbing all of these lures and you're taking hold of them and you're so confused and discombobulated. You know, a soldier who gets disoriented is going to end up in a place where he doesn't want to be. But you are a soldier of the cross. And if you're protecting your your mind with your salvation and you're staying close to Jesus and letting him be in front of you, the Holy Spirit of God is fighting for you. You stay close to Jesus. Hold on to him. You're not going to get lost. But if you're out here just going everywhere that your flesh tells you I want to go, let me just guarantee you, you're going to end up in the wilderness. And you don't want to be there. Man, I wish I had all day to preach all this. I ain't got but an hour and a half left. Hang in there with me, y'all. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Whole sermon on that, man. Why do you think we're learning one verse of Scripture together this month? One verse of scripture, because you're not always going to have your Bible with you, and you're going to need to dig down into that, into that well of scripture. And when you put the Bible in you and you learn things, it goes down deep in your heart and your mind. When trouble comes, you're able to bring back up God's word, and you're able to quote scripture to the enemy, and your clarity now not comes from what I feel. Well, Jeff, I just feel, doesn't feel like it's wrong. God, Jeff, it, it doesn't feel like there's anything wrong with this. I don't, yeah, but what does God's word say? God's word says the heart is deceptive and wicked. Above all things, who can know it? Well, but but doesn't doesn't God want me to be happy? Yeah, he wants you to be happy. He wants you to be more than happy. He wants you to be filled with joy. And the way that you find yourself filled with joy is getting yourself in alignment with God. And when you get in alignment with God, there is no guilt, no shame, no no baggage when you're aligned with God. But when you're doing things because you have convinced yourself that it's okay, because you want to do it, it's not hurting anybody, but why when you go to sleep at night and you lay down, do you still have this angst in your spirit? That's the Holy Spirit of God saying to you, you've convinced yourself, but it's not okay. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, will tell you, what's right and what's wrong. And then the last one he talks about is prayer. And that's simply communicating, communicating with God, staying in close contact. What's a soldier going to do? Soldier going to work through his comm system, right? He's communicating with headquarters. Where are we going? The soldiers have hand signals. Soldiers have communication devices. Soldiers are getting their orders from somewhere. Are you giving all the orders in your life? Or are you listening to orders from headquarters? My fear today is that the church so impressed with ourselves of coming to church and lifting up our hands and praising God, but are we making strides in Holland? Are we winning the battles against the enemy? God wants us to win our own personal battles. God wants us to take new ground this week, this month, this year, this season so that others around us will see the power of the cross and the joy that we have in our lives and they will want to take hold of what it is that we have. Would you stand to your feet right now? I'd love to pray over you right now. Father God, I thank you for this word. Thank you for your word that shows us that we're not in this world all on our own, God. And I thank you that you right even right now you are connecting with hearts and telling your people from on, let's do this. I'll run with you. I'll protect you. I'll go in front of you. You don't have to continue to be beaten apart by the thing that that you continue to struggle with. There is victory in Jesus. And I pray that that as we ponder these things that you're showing us in your word this morning, you will give us freedom. Freedom that starts in Christ. As you're praying right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, my guess is this morning that, that some of us have come into this place today with heavy hearts and burdens, sin that constantly screams at us and we, we can't figure out how to get away from it. Can I just tell you that God has brought you into this place this morning so that you can hear the word of God that says, child, I love you. I am for you. And I've got a plan that will help free you up from everything, everything that's holding you back. But you don't know me right now. There's some of you right now that you know that you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus where he's Lord and he's leading. You have been driving the vehicle of your life and the truth of it is there's some of us this morning that have driven the vehicle of our life off of the cliff and the devil is waiting to devour us. But the good news is that because of the blood of Jesus, we can be free, we can be saved, we can be rescued, and we can have a brand new life. As our band's playing behind us right now, God is prompting me to ask you right now, what are you going to do with this opportunity for you to have your very own personal encounter with Jesus? There's some of you this morning that you know that you need to accept Jesus for the first time. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you right now, right where you're standing, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and meet me right down here in the front. Come on, come on, don't hold on. Don't let your white knuckles hold you back. Come on, yes, I see people moving. Praise God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on up. Who else? There's somebody else. Yes, sir. I see you moving. Come on up, sir. Don't let him walk alone. Somebody come with. Somebody come up and stand beside my man up here. Who else? There's somebody else this morning that wants to give their life to Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus, just make your way up here and kneel down at this this altar. We're going to get behind you. We're going to pray with. Altar, we're going to get behind you. We're going to pray with. Come on. Come on. You're not alone. You're not alone. Come on. Somebody else is going to give their life to Jesus this morning. You're going to start a brand new relationship with the Lord. If that's you, you're coming to accept Jesus. Just kneel down. Just kneel down. Start praying. It all begins with taking a step. It all begins with surrender and kneeling. Those of you who are with me every week, you know where we go next. I'm going to ask you again. I want you to look at the person beside of you right now and say, if I go down there with you, will you go? If I go with you, will you go? Everybody, don't come on now, do it. Ask the person beside her. If I go with you, will you go? Come on. If I go with you, will you go? Somebody always comes when we do this. If I go with you, there's somebody here this morning that wants to accept Jesus, but they don't want to do it on their own. Come on, praise God. Come on. If I go with you, will you go? Come on. Come on. If you're standing there right now and you're watching these people, and you feel like everything inside of you is screaming, go down there, but you're holding on with, with your feet, your toes, your hands, everything else. Let go and let the Spirit of God move you in this direction. There's somebody else here this morning that's holding back, that's fighting everything. Today is the day of salvation. Step out, come down here. All right, church, here's what we're going to do. For those of you who are bowing down up here, if you're accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've come forward to accept Jesus, I want you to listen to me right now. Jesus sees your movement. He sees your faith to step out and to come forward to accept him. There are people praying over you, people praying around you. All of heaven is rejoicing at your decision. But here's where the decision goes. You have to make a decision. Am I going to be led by the world or am I going to let Jesus lead me? If you're ready to accept Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you pray this out loud with me? Every person in the room, follow me. Say this with me out loud. Jesus, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. My sin is destroying me, and I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe in you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I place all of my faith in your resurrection, what you did at the cross. You died so that I don't have to. Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. I will follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Father, I thank you for what you're doing right now with every person who's given their life to you. God, I pray that, that this seed that is, has, been, has been put into the ground will go down deep, create roots, grow up to make a, an incredible harvest. I thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name I pray.